and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. And wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so very much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the podcast. And if you want to listen to that on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Sports Podcast Network feed and rate, review. But most importantly, when you get there, hit that subscribe button. Because if you do, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. Speaking of Mondays, it's not one right now because yesterday was New Year's Day. Not only was it New Year's Day, it was also the day of Tennessee's bowl game. I was doing that. I was doing the halftime post-game show with uh, the great Jonathan Crompton. And uh, so... We're doing the show on Tuesday, but usually it's on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern time on the A to Z Sports National YouTube channel. So go there, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Then when we go live, you'll get notified and you can drop in, be a part of the show. Comment. We love uh, going back and forth with everybody. It's always a great time. Uh, at Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports National and A to Z Sports.com for all the stuff. That Zach writes on the internet. Well, Zach, we are uh, for the second time in this basketball season. We are recording the show live during a Tennessee basketball game. It start it starts right now, literally as we as we are kicking this off. Here's the thing, though: we got to power through. We got to do the show because <clears throat> we, you know, literally we get paid to do this, so we have to do it. <laughs> so, uh, and, um, you know, you can watch it now. You can, I, I suggest tuning in to the basketball game. The announcers are going to stink because I don't know what announcers I really like all that much. And so turn them off. Listen to us while you watch the game. Problem solved. There you go. Done and done. Uh, what's up, Zach? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, still kind of trying to wrap my mind around the fact that college football season's well, for us at least, over. It's done. <laughs> Uh, yesterday was quite the send-off, uh, you know, Citrus Bowl, getting to watch those playoff games that for once were enjoyable to watch. Really that, good games. Uh, you know, several years they've been blowouts, so maybe the committee did get it right. I, you know, I still feel like Florida State, even though they got blown out by Georgia, probably probably deserved the spot just because the regular season. But, you know, Alabama goes home. That's a plus. Uh, and plus, it was a, a fun game to watch. So really, really enjoyed all the, the football yesterday. I I genuinely, yeah. I to be completely honest, I just really don't care one way or another about the whole Michigan sign stealing. Whatever. At the end of the day, it's kind of a joke. And what it's going to end up being is that you just get the you get to call plays into the players' helmets. That's coming down the pike. They're going to do it soon. In my, I think they. Opinion. I mean, they were some of the bowl games were experimenting yeah. with it already. Exactly, and so that that's coming down the pike and whatever they may get punished for it after the fact i wanted them to beat alabama anybody that wanted oh the sec and the i don't care about the sec playing in the playoff in a national championship game everybody in the sec except for the tennessee volunteers can kiss it because uh all i ever want to see is tennessee in the playoff and everybody else i do not care and so i was happy i was a, a true hater last night just cheering so hard for the Michigan Wolverines. And and honestly, also, it's kind of a fun story. Just the entire, like, the way they've overcome all that. Now, you know, they win this national title next year. It's not 
it's no longer fun there it's over but just the whole thing with harbaugh where he was basically on the edge of getting fired he has this goofy dude doing all the sign stealing and just uh, and then that the the suspension and all the fallout from that and then they go and they beat alabama and they like exercise all these demons and there it's it's i i don't know it's such a weird thing because i like i feel like i should hate michigan but i'm kind of enjoying it it's weird i don't know should should i hate them zach am i am i a bad person i mean i'm, I'm trying to the same way the sign stealing thing like what they did was wrong because they went on other campuses this connor stallions but outside of that every staff is trying to get those signals and decoding them it's a pretty common thing it's a whole game of chess between all these teams of changing your signals and this and that. You still got to go out there and execute and stop stop what's coming and and all that. I, I think it's kind of funny, too, that Harbaugh never really accepted anything. Like, he kind of fought back against all of it. It was like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, he kept fighting and kept fighting, and here they are in the championship game. And I don't think they're America's team or that it's this no. uh, this story of, you know, just – beating the odds and all this adversity because you brought it on yourself like right but it is kind of that is the way michigan fans michigan fans are acting like this is like the true the ultimate underdog story no no (laughs) it's Uh, yeah but but outside of that just the just the kind of the establishment you know you know not not bowing down to all that i do kind of respect that from Harbaugh a little bit and plus he's going to be in the nfl probably next year after this it seems unlikely that he goes back to Michigan regardless of what happens against Washington. I think this is the uh, championship game we kind of all wanted to, Washington versus Michigan. Absolutely, and it should be really fun. Probably the best defense in America or close to it in Michigan and probably the best offense in America in in Washington. So it's going to be good. And I did really (laughs) – did I I text this to y'all last night? It might have been another group chat that I'm in. But I really wanted Reese Davis to ask about the sign stealing when they interviewed Harbaugh. It's just like, come on, Reese, give him something. And then and then he could do what Ben Hall says here in the comments. I apologize for absolutely nothing. I mean, <laughs> he he's given him that chance. He's one of the few that you could see kind of saying something like that. Oh. You never know. Harbaugh is definitely a wild card whenever he's up there. But he tends to just kind of ignore those questions that he doesn't want to answer. And just walk away. I mean, that's kind of his. He move. did that yeah. <laughs> last night. He they they asked him the last question that Reese asked him. He didn't answer. He just was like, "Who has it better than us? <laughs> Nobody." And then he walked off. That was it. <laughs> so, hey, uh, he's a character, man. It's college yeah, football yeah. for you. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. This show has nothing to do with Michigan, and uh, we are, of course. I mean, we're gonna talk about Nico Ial Maliava or as uh, as the announcers on TV called him I mean what even like it's been all over the place I listened to like a, a couple of uh just review like national review shows no one knows how to pronounce Nico's name uh I think I have it right Ial Maliava Something along those lines. They got um, the cheese it bowl. Uh, you just know you almost oh, the, the cheese it bowl guy. guy. <laughs> because you know, in the minutes leading up to that, he's going through it in his head, like, please don't screw this up. And as soon as he said it and Nico kind of cringed, he knew that he had screwed it up without a doubt. I yes. Every part of that was was really funny. They'll get it in time because he's going to be such a dude, they're gonna know his name here before long. And let's talk about that. 
right after. Of course, I tell you about uh, our first great sponsor. And tonight, that is, oh, I do have the banner tonight. Let's see, where is it at? Uh, there it is, right there. BetterHelp. If you are a Tennessee fan like myself or like Zach, you know how many years the Big Orange have shaved off your life with the emotional roller coaster of college sports, or maybe the roller coaster of life is messing with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. Regardless, if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if it's, or if you're just a human being going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's where BetterHelp comes into play. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be hard, especially when you're limited to just the options in your area. BetterHelp's platform makes finding a therapist easier because it's online and remote. And BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Plus, with our link, betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports, you get 10% off your first month. See a therapist because maintaining your mental health is just as important as maintaining your physical health. This football season, check out betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports. Might need to change that final line because football season's coming to a close. I guess with the NFL, we got a few more weeks, but yeah. uh, betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports. Save 10% on your first month with BetterHelp. Okay. Nico's debut. He comes into this game uh, having only played just limited minutes in garbage time during the season after Joe already you know, ran up the score on whatever team Tennessee might have been playing that week. <clears throat> and that's all we had seen. And I will tell you this, was very nervous <laughs> coming into this one, just kind of thinking, you know, if he's not good... What this is going to be a tough off season. This is not going to be very fun because we're going to have to talk circles around. Oh, it was just as it was his debut. The offensive line was really bad. I this and that. Praise be on high that Nico came out there and yeah, he started slow and you know whatever, but he picked it up and the man scored four touchdowns, three with his legs, one through the air. He looked. Uh, in my opinion, incredibly composed out there for, for a kid who is in his first start ever in college football. Um, just incredibly impressive. It, it really, uh, I, yes, the numbers don't jump off the page because he was, I think in total under 200 yards of offensive production, but it's, this one was all about the eye test. When you watch this dude play, he's, he's a different guy. He's, he's a different type of dude. And I don't want to hype it up too much, but I'll just start there. What'd you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, first off, the the total numbers, they could have looked even better than they were. But the receivers, kind of the, the story of the season, didn't help Nico out in a couple of spots. Keaton dropped what, or not dropped, stopped on a route. I don't know if the uh. sun got in his eyes or what happened there. Looked like a possible uh, uh, touchdown if he keeps running. It looks like... Uh, Brew McCoy just officially announced that he's returning. By the way, oh that nice, was, that was trending that way. Is so that some live, some live breaking news? Which I wanted it to happen before we came on here. Uh, you know, at, at, at one time, to uh, at one time, it was like we were getting commits all the time, or right after you know we would do the show. So maybe some of that luck's coming back. Yeah, uh, but as I'll far as it. with Nico, uh, you know, had a couple of drops there. Dylan Sampson had one early on a shovel pass that he kind of probably could have picked up. A significant amount of yardage but like you said the eye test just the way he was able to navigate the pocket kind of 
he held on to the ball a, a little too long a couple of times. A couple of times, you know, he he was a little slow to pull the trigger on some passes, but it's his first start against a really good defense that plays a lot of zone looks that they know they were going to get a lot of zone looks going into it. So he's taking care of the football. I mean, he didn't get reckless with it. I think for this team, you know, the team they were playing in Iowa, that was the smart approach. It's his first start. Those are things that he's going to learn from, and he finally gets it on tape to actually watch himself against the good defense at the college level to say, hey, I should have done this. I should have done that. I think the growth between the end of this season and the start of next season will be huge just because of these reps, just because he finally has something that he can kind of go back and, and him and Josh Heupel and Joey Hosley in that quarterback room can dissect and, and you know, figure out where he can get better. But really the mobility and just the ability to move around that throw he made on the sideline pass to, to Keaton could not have been a better throw. He's moving you know, that, that throws on the move. Those are the things that Joe Milton, you know, he would do it every now and then. We saw some towards the end of the year, but he wasn't consistent enough with it. All of that looks so smooth. Uh, that's what's really exciting coming out of that game. 100% agree with all of that. I I almost, like Je- Jesse's comments here, he says, let's not forget about the defense. They were unstoppable. Absolutely. The defense was awesome in this game. And Iowa's offense is so mm. abysmal. I, I It made me feel like bad for Iowa fans. Where I was just like, good Lord, like y'all pay to watch this? This is the really worst, like, The worst fuck. quarterback I think I've ever seen. Deacon it Hill. It was unbelievable. I, I almost felt bad for the guy. This, some of the throws were nowhere close. He had no mobility. If you watch Tyree West interview after the game, who he had a, a great game. He's talking about defense. Tyree West yeah. kind of had a breakout game. That's huge, you know, going into next season. He said they knew that he wasn't mobile, and they were just kind of like they were licking their chops. They were ready to go because they knew they were going to be able to tee off on that guy, and they they did. And he he did not have a good time. Well, and because of that, this is where I was going. There, uh, Nico actually didn't get as many full-blown possessions as honestly I would have hoped because you had uh, obviously the pick six from James Pierce. James Pierce was a dog in this game too, along with Tyree West. Um, But then James Pierce had that strip sack that was essentially at the goal line. Nico ran that one in. And so like Nico had a touchdown that really only resulted in like four yards of offense. And so um, I, I do. Me and Crompton talked about it, but like I kind of wish they wouldn't have gotten that pick six or, or really the strip sack so that you could have seen another full drive from Nico. Cause to your point, there was kind of like that, that Keaton, it wasn't, it wasn't a pass. He just kind of quit on the route for whatever reason, um, whatever happened there. I mean, it should have been the touchdown and Nico would have had another opportunity to do something like that. Obviously I love that for James Pierce. I want him to get all the strip sacks. I want him to get all the pick sixes. It was an incredible performance, but I mean, this day at, at the end of the day, this day was all about Nico um, and so I, I, I'm really excited because I, obviously you watch that and, and his, his composure and the ability that he showed is so exciting, but then you look at what he will have, what he was playing with in this game. And it's kind of a, a diminished version of what he'll have next year. Definitely yeah. starting with the offensive line. The offensive line should be, I mean, they were playing three walk-ons out there or three. Well, two, two walk-ons and one guy that hasn't played that much. And then, 
you go from there, you'll have better offensive line. It'll be the same same running backs, and the running backs were good. It's a different discussion that we're going to probably talk about here in just a second. But the wide receivers, you're going to have now, now that we know, um, if anybody didn't hear that earlier, just a few minutes ago, Brew McCoy has announced his official return to Tennessee. He's going to put in one more year. And, and I got, I got to think this, if you're Brew McCoy and you're sitting there going, okay, I gotta, I gotta have draft stock here. I'm trying to go to the league. He has the physique of an NFL player, but he doesn't have the tape right now, uh, for the NFL. And you got to be watching Nico and you got to go, okay. This dude's gonna give me the ball next year, <laughs> and and worst case scenario, you know, it'll be so nice to have Brew back blocking. But I I think you know, Nick Nico has more ability to get these guys the ball than Joe Milton did, and it's that's no, that's just the way it is when you watch these two guys play. I we said it last week profusely. Huge thank you to Joe Milton, everything that he meant to this university, the loyalty that that he showed, and everything that his time meant here. But you watch Nico, and it's, I mean, it's got to be, like, if you're a transfer wide receiver, are you not watching that tape? Like, Josh Heupel needs to be, pop that tape in the VCR, <laughs> if, if that's what they're doing these days, and, and show these transfers, this is the guy that you're going to play with. And I, I got to think that that speaks at least somewhat to those guys, right? I mean, yeah. If you're Brew McCoy, uh, obviously you, you have the injury. Maybe your draft stock wasn't quite what you wanted, but you could still probably get picked up by a team. But there's no doubt that he sees his draft stock improving by playing a year with Nico. Yes. Uh, I think that's why Chris Brazels, you know, coming to Tennessee, I'm sure NIL's obviously got to be a part of any discussion at this point. That's just college football. But these guys know that they want to play with somebody like Nico. Even Evan Stewart, you you kind of heard all the back and forth there. You know, Tennessee's no longer pursuing the Texas A&M you know, transfer wide receiver. Some have suggested Tennessee wasn't really that hot on him anyway, maybe because of Brew McCoy. Who knows the situation there? But there was a report earlier today, you know, before the news broke that, that Tennessee wasn't really pursuing him, that, hey, uh, this guy wanted to see Nico in the Citrus Bowl and see what he could do as he's mulling his decision. And he he left, you know, walked away from that impressed by Nico. So there are guys paying attention. And you have an elite quarterback. It's going to draw in elite wide receivers for sure. Uh, could keep some guys from transferring, too, because look, that wide receiver room, you know, it's a little bit crowded right now. You got Brew McCoy, you got Dante Thornton, Chris Brazel, Squirrel White, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod. You got Nathan Leacock, who surprisingly did not even see a snap in the Citrus Bowl. Who knows what the situation is there? Does he stick around? You know, he might decide it's worth it because, you know, number four, number five, you know, number six wide receivers were getting a chance for the Vols last year because of injuries. He might like his chance, you know, if Walker Merrill, would have stuck around another year instead of transferring to Wake Forest where he really didn't see the field a lot. You know, he saw the field a little bit at the end of his freshman year at Tennessee. Maybe he would have been in a better situation because of that. I think that's uh, definitely going to impact some decisions. I think so. You, I would guess at least at least one of those guys transfers out. Take your break. Who th- I feel like Thornton and Laycock are probably the the two that I go to 
but not to speak it into existence. I hope they all stay. Obviously, uh, you know, you might as well have. You look at this year. You might as well have depth, please. Um, you need all you can get. But I could definitely see that it it is kind of a shame that with whatever with Stewart there. You heard a lot of different things that potentially use a locker room problem and that they just weren't that interested in general. I mean, who knows what all of that I'm is I'm sure there's going to be a ton of NIL money that you have to commit to this guy. And Tennessee yeah. hasn't really wanted to get involved in a lot of those bidding wars for transfers. They're more apt to pay the guys that are already on their roster. And that's, you know, they're, they're, they're in the mix. They're paying NIL. They're competitive there there's money there but they're not going to upset the culture for a guy that's unproven when you've already got a lot of talent on the roster yeah well and and jeff says it here he says brazzle is that guy i certainly hope so i i hope that he is is the dude that needs to be the the plug and play get this man the football piece that tennessee needed this season with joe and didn't have um it, we'll see it's it's really as far as that goes you know we, we i wish all of those guys could have played in this game your mike matthews your your brazil like that's that would have been nice uh but we'll just have to see next season what they look like so otherwise with nico just in general before we wrap it up and kind of talk more at large about the defense and more that happened in this this game and and you know what maybe happens going forward with tennessee more at a full team level anything else uh with nico that that stood out or you think uh, deserves to be discussed. Yeah. What do you think the hype is going to be for him as we really get into the off season? You know, once February gets here, kind of March before spring practice, some of the off season chatter will begin about early Heisman favorites, conference favorites, you know, what teams you're expecting to there's gonna be all kinds of playoff projections that we see for this expanded playoff. It'll be a lot of uh, conversation about quarterbacks when you're having that, you know, that that talk about who makes the playoff and who doesn't. How do you feel like the national media is going to view Nico and what happened? Because it seems like a pretty positive response so far from what we've seen. And is it too much? Like we talked about this before, it was going to be an overreaction either way. If, if he didn't play yeah. well, sky is falling. If he played, and it's not like like you said, it's not like he went out there and put up 400 yards of offense. He played really well against a really good defense. And we're we're all pretty excited, and I think we should be. I'm not saying we are overreacting at all, but he he's going to have some freshman or you know some growing pains, some redshirt freshman moments, some young quarterback moments next season, and and as he prepares for next season. So where's how do you think that kind of balances out? I mean, as far as the national media goes, if if the folks that talk about it are actually good at their job and watch the kid play. I think they're going to have rave reviews. And and I heard a, a decent amount of that. The, the guys that actually watch this game, because let's be completely honest, unless you're a Tennessee fan, this game, this game was probably pretty boring. It wasn't one that you were just running to go watch. And, and almost entirely that was on Iowa's part because um, they, they were unwatchable in a way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they, if they watch the kid, they're, they're going to like what they saw. He was the number one, to recruit in America, you know there's going to be hype regardless because there's there's all that hype around Arch Manning. I mean, they were talking about like during that game, like Arch Manning playing. Arch Manning's not going into the playoff game out of nowhere. That that just happens when you're that highly hyped. Uh, 
But if you just look at the stats, you're probably going to be like, oh, well, four touchdowns, but he's only 200 yards. I'm sure there's some idiot out there that's going to have that take that is too lazy to watch the kid play. But I, I think it it's not going to be Heisman hype, probably. Maybe he'll end up on some of those, like, Heisman you know, dark horses or something yeah, like that. See that. Yeah. Just some of those boards where they talk about some of the dudes that, that could be Heisman favorite ish, you know, right around there. But other than that, I, I think it's just going to add up to, I, I bet Tennessee clocks in, in the early top 15, like I preseason, probably top 15 next year. You got brew coming back. Most of your offensive line, all of these pieces, uh, James Pierce, obviously, and, and some pieces that were really powerful this year. I think that's going to end up with Tennessee in the top 15. But beyond that, I don't think that it's going to be, this guy's the revelation. He's the the savior of Tennessee football, which is going to be the take for Tennessee fans. I mean, we, <laughs> we're we already doing that. Uh, but from the national media, I think it'll be a little more like, like what I've been saying. Yeah, like Tennessee has a reason to be excited. Let's see how it plays out. I think that's the fair kind of view to have after what we saw against Iowa and and really just kind of to, to to put a bow on that it's kind of poetic the way that this is kind of setting up the way the way exact rarely do plans like everything go to plan right and, and obviously Tennessee would have rather have won 11 or 12 games this season but Josh Heupel had this vision of Joe Milton starting all through the regular season Maybe Nico's starting the bowl game because Milton wants to, you know, get prepared for the draft and getting a head start on 2024. So many things could have gone wrong. Injuries could have happened. We talked about how we wanted Joe Milton to really reach another level. Well, that didn't happen. But at the same time, it wasn't a complete disaster either. There were games where he could have played better. But there was never a serious conversation of, we have to bench this guy. This is something has to be done and the fans start getting mad. Like there were some rumbling, some people that of course wanted to see Nico because the backup quarterback, if you lose to Florida is always going to be the most popular guy on the roster. But beyond that, it it never got to where it was a situation that Hypo had to go out and address the media about. So from that aspect, yeah, you'd like 11 wins, 12 wins, but on the whole, not in four. Your guy started the whole year. You get to turn it over to the the five-star that you recruited in the bowl game. It, it really couldn't have worked out much better for Heupel. I 100% agree. I, I got to think this is nearly what Heupel was hoping for when the when the season began. You got to, to work in your young guy lightly, let him learn under a dude that's been in college football for 94 years at this point. And – and it's it's pretty ideal, right? no doubt about it. The and the way that obviously he went in and he played in this game, and and to the prediction that we made last week, uh, where we talked about you know how exactly would they call plays for Nico, we kind of said, oh, they're they're not going to change a lot. They're they're going to do what's worked, and that's that's what they did. They didn't go out there and try to do anything overly spectacular. And here's how it turned out: great game plan by Heupel. And obviously, great play by by Nico. Very excited to see what happens there. Let's talk about what else happened in that game because obviously, an entire game happened around Nico also there. And uh, we'll break it all down right after I tell you about Zen Sports. We've been talking about Zen Sports all season long, the sports betting app exclusively in the state of Tennessee. 
Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you'll receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you could be reimbursed for the amount you bet up to $1,000 maximum if the bet loses. But there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its VIP rewards program. VIP rewards will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks, and the VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel that your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7, top-tier customer support, fast withdrawals like Zen Sports. What are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports betting just got better. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older in Tennessee to bet. Zen Sports, go download it. Now for the rest of this game, I guess we we can give a a live update uh, on the basketball game. Tennessee, not exactly uh, just blowing Norfolk State out of the building, although they are up by seven with seven minutes left in the in the first half there. Um, I don't think Dal- Dalton connect hasn't exactly gotten his groove back. It doesn't seem like, although he did just hit a three just a second ago, but uh, <clears throat> with this, th- the rest of this game, it wasn't all Nico. He wasn't the only dude playing. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of these, these other pieces. We can start with the defense, James Pierce, grade a prime certified signed, sealed and delivered dog. He had a hell of a game, strip sack that led to a touchdown, pick six. Um, just in general, was disruptive all day long. They ate Tyree West, uh, who was a young dog, uh, an up-and-coming dog. Um, I, I, I won't give him the certified stamp quite yet, but he will get one in his time at Tennessee, at least just from what happened there. As far as the defensive backs go, now, Iowa's passing game was one of the worst I've ever seen. But uh, regardless, Andre Turntine, 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 um, really great interception in the end zone that saved Tennessee from what would have ultimately been the only touchdown that Iowa scored. Um, and and that was great to see. And in general, those, those defensive backs, they didn't have to do a lot. But when they did have to play, they played. And and it was solid. And that that's nice. I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on the defense, Zach. Yeah, I thought, like you said, Pierce obviously pay that man whatever he wants in NIL money. I thought Elijah Herring had a couple of good moments. He had a couple of still or his eyes are in the wrong place type moments, but it's also Iowa, so the speed that he has to defend wasn't really there, but he had a nice game. I thought the interesting thing with the secondary is we talked all about the youth movement, but there really wasn't that much youth out there. You know, Gabe Judy Lally's on one side at cornerback. Ricky Gibson was out there on one side, but then you had Jalen McCullough and Turntine holding the safety positions down, playing most of those snaps. I don't know if John Slaughter played at all. Uh, some of the young guys played a few snaps here and there, but it was mostly Turntine and McCullough handling most of those snaps. So it wasn't quite as much youth as we were expecting out there, which is kind of what we've come to expect from Willie Martinez and Tim Banks. Uh, you know, We'll see. McCullough's going to be gone after this. We'll see how it kind of plays. Judy Lally obviously announced earlier tonight that he's declaring for the NFL draft, so you're, you're definitely going to have that spot open. So there are some spots that have to be filled going into next season. Going to be really interesting to watch in uh, spring practice and fall camp how those positions shake out. A lot of, a lot of positions up for grab there 
I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this is, okay, we know what the defensive line is going to look like for the most part next season. Getting Amari Thomas back. Omar Norman Lott, I I think he's coming back. Tyree West said after the game that he would be back. Dominic Bailey coming back. You know, you got Pierce, you got Josephs, you got Caleb Heron who played a few snaps. You know your linebackers with T. Lander and Herring and Keenan Peely, Arian Carter there. How does this secondary shake out? That's the the biggest story for me this offseason. Absolutely. I just realized I missed a super chat from Panseared Ribeye. Okay, uh, five bucks. We appreciate it. He said OSU versus Missouri. Uh, the OSU versus Missouri game and others were eye-openers to guys in the portal. Go where the best QBs are. Playing with bad QBs doesn't help you. Um, mm. We're going to talk about the transfer portal in just a second in the next segment. I'll circle back around to this. So appreciate the super chat. I missed it. It, it would have been relevant earlier and it's going to be relevant in just a second. So <clears throat> with that said, I agree with everything that you said, Zach. Uh, hopefully the defense, uh, I th- there's a good question right here. Yeah, Jeff. He said, uh, thoughts on West replacing Barron. Not trying to be insensitive, but it doesn't look like we'll miss uh, Barron all that much. I completely agree. I said it. I don't, I don't think I said it on here, but I think I texted to you, Zach. When Tyler Barron announced that he was leaving, I was like, yeah, you know, it's the, it, he's, he tried this last year and he ended up not leaving. They let the kid go. Who cares? He didn't want to be here. And so let him go. And you, you have dudes lined up there and clearly, and, and I think you'll be just fine. I will West be better. I don't know. It, it, we'll have to let that pan out see what you got but i mean you got jordan ross coming in and and i i you're you're gonna be just fine at that position i'm it didn't make me panic i i will say that um you know it's old miss fans made hay about all of that and i'm sure he'll probably be there one of their starting defensive ends but I, yeah I, tennessee's gonna be fine Look, as i mean if he was if he was james pierce he'd still be at tennessee because they would have made sure to keep him it wasn't like exactly yeah you know he leveraged himself and and tennessee decided that they didn't want to go that high or or whatever the situation is they didn't want to meet his whatever he wanted to keep him at tennessee so it's yeah he he could have stayed but they weren't you know knocking down the door trying to get him you know dragging back from oxford to tennessee either yeah exactly um but it's as far as that goes that's that's really kind of the defense but with the the offense in this game outside of Nico. I mean, we talked about the wide receivers. R- Ramel Keaton, amazing catch uh, from from Nico's amazing throw right before the half. But then also, for some reason, quit on that long ball. I think he had a drop. Wasn't mm-hmm. great. Squirrel, squirrel looked pretty good in that spot. You, you know, you like what you see there. I've liked Chaz Nimrod. Ever he he was a little rough starting out earlier in the season, but he's. He's gotten decently consistent. McAllen Castle scored a touchdown. You know, he's not going to be back next year, so it doesn't necessarily matter all that much, but it was good to just see him score there. Uh, but the I think the real story, I mean, you ran for 200-plus yards on the ground. It was by far the most uh, rushing yards that Iowa had given up in that entire, this past season. And Dylan Sampson is, with the ball in his hands, Dog, certified dog with the ball not in his hands. Uh, he could use some work <laughs> in terms of blocking. And really, when I say he could use some work, I mean, he needs to kind of like 
grow two inches or something. I'm I'm not totally sure what you can do there because he's just a smaller guy. He's a great running back, super fun dude to watch play football. Um, but if he's not careful this coming season, could get Nico's head taken off, which is certainly not what you want to see happen. I mean, Nico got sacked a bunch in this game with the you know not so great offensive line and and uh Samson kind of missing out. But you also saw Cameron Selden. Cam Selden, whatever he wants to be called. Uh, he looks like a bigger back and like a dude who is kind of like Tyree West. He's he's a future dog. He's He doesn't have the stamp yet, but it is coming, I think, when you watch how he plays. Uh, your your thoughts on those boys, Zach? I thought Dylan Sampson really wanted to prove that he could go out there and be a number one running back. He played the majority of the snaps. Obviously, I think he played like 49 snaps and Nico's on the field for 68. So most snaps, he you know, he was on the field most of the time when Nico was. You know, the most yards I think Iowa had given up all season uh, had only the second rush that went for more than 20 yards. He really proved that he can carry the ball against one of the best defenses in, in college football over and over again. He does need to work on the pass protection some. I think he will. He's really emerged as a key leader on this team. Over the past couple of weeks, he's really challenged his teammates this offseason to get right to work. I mean, he's excited about 2024. The playoff playing you know to the championship game those things are important to him and he understands that it it takes doing it now in january to get to that point a year from now you got to put the work in you can't just start in march or april or may so he i think he's gonna work on those issues i think you saw that's why jabari small and and jalen wright played so much over him at times was because that pass protection so he wasn't in those situations a ton i think now that Again, kind of like with Nico, you get a lot of that on tape. You'll you'll see what you need to correct, what you can do better. It's it's different when you're watching yourself out there and you can kind of feel in the moment what you should be doing, what you didn't do right. I think he'll definitely get better in those areas. But there were, you know, just just some instinct type things. Like on that screen pass, maybe you chip that 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 defender coming in just a little bit, just to give Nico a half more second to get you that screen pass, and he could have ran for days in that situation. I think those are things that he'll learn now that he's in that role and he can, you know, kind of put himself in those situations. I really hope so. Cause when you give that kid the football, he's electric and, and I want to see it as much as possible this coming season. He, he just, you know, everybody's kind of said it, but he has that Alvin Kamara feel and, and really has flashes of what you saw uh, back in 2016 with Alvin. So I, I hope that all of that improves. I completely agree. I think he he flashes like he can be a really good leader on this team. And and that's at the end of the day, you know, back back when I used to do radio, worked with uh, a bunch of former players and across the board when you heard them talk about their teams and and a lot of those guys were on, you know, some of the great Tennessee teams late 90s early 2000s. Player leadership is is just as valuable, if not more so, than coach leadership. And so you need you need those dogs to to be there, a Juwan Jennings um type of guy to get everybody going. And so hope hopefully he he can be that improving blocking and, and you'll get there. But otherwise they we got a long off season to talk about everything with this team and, and how all the pieces have, have shifted around in terms of who's staying and going. Uh but now we, we've gotten a bunch of comments uh, about it here. It's 
Coldy says, how do y'all feel about Gabe Julie Lally leaving? A bunch of people commented about Brew. Um, let's talk about this this transfer portal, a little bit of recruiting maybe, and and get everybody up to speed on where Tennessee is in terms of players coming and going. But uh, we'll do it right after I tell you, of course, about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years. But some have stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Shout out to them, our longest-tenured sponsor. Nope. <laughs> Put up the wrong graphic. So, uh, with the transfer portal, everything that's happened just in the last 30 minutes, Brew McCoy announces that he's coming back. Absolutely huge. We've already talked about that a, a decent amount here. Um, Gabe Judulali announces that he's going to the NFL. I said th this was expected, and I said just thankfully he's not transferring somewhere else. I'm glad that he's going pro. Uh, I think that he could he could potentially find a spot. Um, and then beyond that, Evan Stewart, the kid from Texas A&M, the, the news came out from kind of multiple places that are in the know that Tennessee is no longer in that lottery by Tennessee. Tennessee chose that, I believe, was kind of the narrative there. Um, beyond that, there's a kid coming from LSU who's an offensive lineman, and I think... People are hoping Tennessee is in the mix there because he would be a nice pickup. Will Tennessee actually be in the mix there? I don't know. Doesn't seem like they've been, you know, in on a lot of guys so far. Uh, but that, you know, I think that didn't that kid make that announcement today. So I, I don't think that it's come too far as in terms of that un un unraveling. But, uh, Quickly, I guess let's let's start with Judy Lolly and, and work back from there. What what do you think of what's happening with guys coming and going, Zach? Yeah, I mean that was pretty much expected. We we kind of knew that he wasn't going to be back for another season. Unlike you, at least he's not transferring because yeah, I think he no he'd already transferred. I think twice, and the second time yeah, was Van, Van BYU. So I'm not sure if he would have been able to transfer again or not. Either way. Good on him for playing in the bowl game, though. Knowing that he's going to the NFL, him and Jalen McCullough both, they could have easily opted out of the bowl game because I think combine and pro days will be important for them as well. So that was kind of a gamble by them, playing in that bowl game, risking injury to get one more game in, you know, with, with their teammates there at Tennessee and to play in that Citrus Bowl. So that's for all the talk about opt-outs and people complaining about the players that don't play in these games. I understand their reasons for it. I think we all do, but you, you still kind of want to see these games as competitive as possible. So, you know, just shout out to them for, for, for showing up and, and playing in that game. But both of those were to be expected. You knew that there's going to be a youth movement in the secondary next season. So not, not totally shocking for either one of those. So, <laughs> Sorry, I was watching what was happening in this basketball game. Um, yes, I 100% agree. It, it really isn't this. This was coming down the pike. And uh, so 
fine with it, even though, yes, obviously I would love to still have uh, Gabe Judy Lally in, in, on this team. I mean, you could use him, but uh, let these young guys play some because clearly they're not going to get a shot unless they're forced, unless the until coach's hand in, is forced. Until they're old guys. Yeah, they, they, until they become the old guys. They're clearly not going to play for Willie Martinez for whatever reason. Um, but the there is that. I, I I don't have any really strong takes on on the rest of the transfer portal with the Evan Stewart stuff. There's a million reasons why why you would opt out of that sweepstakes. I whether it's like I mean you said, don't want to you don't want to scare off any like Mike Matthews or Braylon Staley yeah. or any of these guys that that you haven't even seen play yet. It's just not. You know, you're not Ole Miss. You're not trying to build it that way. Uh, so far, Tennessee's doing a pretty good job of building it their way. We'll see if it pays off in 2024 and 2025. And they still have to use the portal some. They might use it for that offensive lineman that you mentioned, the tackle from LSU, because there's... I wish they would. You know, does Gerald Mincy, does he, you know, he can transfer again now. You know, he's, he's done it once, but the new rule, he could transfer again. I think players have until January 6th. Since they played in the Citrus Bowl, their portal window is a few days longer. Does he try to get paid, you know, from Tennessee a little more? Do they match it? Do they go, you know, we can find somebody in the portal instead that we like better? But then Mincy's got two years in the offense. You're you're breaking in a new offensive lineman. It's a it's an interesting game that these coaches have to play now. It really is, and it's endless, and, and you. You obviously have to play that entire game with DNIL, you know, with Spire at, at Tennessee and, and coordinate there. And that, you know, that I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough in that you just have, have like to, they um, have to like feed it through this organization that really it's it's university sanctioned, but like the university doesn't necessarily control like who's in leadership that organization and what they do on the whole Yet they I, have to work very closely together somehow yes they do i i mean i i would probably think that tennessee does have a say oh yeah like i mean obviously things like that there tyler but, baron oh yeah I, I thought you meant kind of in a say is oh, who gets paid and who doesn't get yes paid. for sure yeah 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 um but I'm it's sure if they go road there'll be another nil collective popping up to take their play not that that's a thing that's going to happen but I t- it doesn't it doesn't get talked about that in in a sense they're another set of recruiters effectively i mean they yeah. not not exactly i mean if you're nil but, look we saw the, the stuff that happened at florida where, where dudes weren't getting paid or exactly you know, the Jaden rashada deal if your nil collective is not running the way it's supposed to run and delivering on promises, it's absolutely going to have an impact on the recruiting and, and transfer portal. So it, it is like you said, another recruiter basically, because you need to make their experience as seamless as possible. Direct deposit. It needs to hit when you say it's going to hit and let's not have be calling up and saying, you know, where's my money? When am I going to get paid? <laughs> yeah. I Seriously though, that, that does not get talked about uh, enough here. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I've heard one way or another about Spire Sports, but I, I know that if if the transfer portal doesn't work out the way that fans want, 
and recruiting doesn't work out the way that fans want. And it's and it's kind of been it's been a mixed bag all, all over the place. I'm not as far as the the transfer portal goes. Tennessee has so many older guys coming back this year that they clearly hooked up with NIL deals that I'm not going to judge a ton. I'm going to go like. Light. Those are almost like transfer additions. I mean, exactly. if that player was on the open, if Amari Thomas was on the open market and Ole Miss got him, that's a huge get for Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, so they chose to bring Omari Thomas back instead of letting him go and pursuing somebody else to play that spot. That's the way you got to exactly. look Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm I'm not judging the the transfer portal that harsh. Like next year, if Tennessee doesn't have nearly as many guys coming back and they whiff on a ton of dudes in the transfer portal, it's a different thing. But like with recruiting, you know, if, if you're unsatisfied with recruiting, and again, it's been a, been a mixed bag. They got some really great guys coming in. They missed on on a bunch of guys, too. Um, but everybody always brings it up with the coaches. And I go, like, let's not forget that there's kind of this outside organization that's a huge piece of that, too. And it just really never gets mentioned. I, just That's really an, an aside there when this stuff gets brought up. Um, you're right, though, because there are just there is no, like, uniform way of this is how NIL stuff is done. It's so, like... Yeah. Beneath the, it's in the darkness right now. We really don't know how any of this operates across the country. They're all kind yeah. of operating by their own set of rules. That's that's why I've wanted so bad, and and even like there's uh, there's guys that work directly with the NIL company too. And I don't you know I don't want to speak about anything that's that's happened, but we don't do that because um, I. If anything, I want to like interview them and know about what happens. The, the closest we got was with um was with Grant Freerking last year. He kind of gave us a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain yeah. there. It's a great, great interview. Um, if anybody wants to go watch that, he kind of explained how an NIL deal works with players. But like I yeah, I want to know. It's kind of like shrouded in darkness. You don't really know who's doing what and how how those deals are structured and what's happening and it's like one of the biggest pieces of this entire deal when it comes to recruiting transfers uh i, I don't know again that it really is just kind of a side i could kind of do a, a whole podcast on that in itself uh but th- that's pretty much that as as far as um transfers, transfers. recruiting go yeah I mean, anything else zach before we uh we're gonna finish up with a little bit of basketball here yeah, we uh we thought Tennessee was in the mid where they were in the midst for Dominic McKinley, five star defensive lineman. He flipped to uh, LSU from Texas A and M right after the 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 ball dropped on Sunday Monday night Monday morning. Not a total surprise. He's a Louisiana guy. He was supposed to visit Tennessee in January. That's not happening any longer. Yeah, Tennessee shot their shot there. They did what they could. That was always going to be a tough one. I think he's the top player in the state of Louisiana. Those are always yeah. tough to to pull away from LSU. Now, maybe yep. if a coaching change happens there, if, if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, Brian Kelly might be, you know, Michigan's yeah. top target. And he's kind of – that would make sense for him more than LSU. That could create some chaos and portal madness and recruiting madness. Who knows what happens then? That would be the ultimate, like, insane cherry on top of that entire Michigan situation. Especially if Harbaugh in the middle of January after the championship <laughs> game, you know, or or really probably at, you know, yeah, middle of January because the Chargers, that's that's one popular destination for him. Yeah. Their season would be over. Man, with this calendar now, you know, Nick Saban did it uh, kind of the opposite of that, I guess. But every now and then we see these happen, you know, happen at Tennessee. 
there uh, with with Lane Kiffin, right? Like when he left to go to USC and relate in the calendar in, in January. Calendar was completely different back then. Now you've got half of your class that's signed. You've got the portal window that that's just closed before it you know reopens again in the spring. It, uh, it just seems like it would be even more chaotic for a program to to go through that. Uh, you know, post COVID, post post what Tennessee went through with Hypel, even it really could create a lot of madness that could have this huge waterfall effect and impact a lot of programs. It really would be amazing if Harbaugh wins a national championship, which is funny in its own right, and then. He he skips to the NFL, which I guess would make sense. I, I heard some people saying that they might like try to push him out because of the cheating stuff after he wins a national championship. No, they've already no. offered him a, like a 10 year contract. But I think yeah. there's a caveat in there that he can't talk to NFL teams. And the dude, yes, look, I don't blame him. Go to the NFL. Don't deal with yeah. all this portal stuff and recruiting madness. It's it's a headache. I mean, it, it, it would be the ultimate accomplishment. He, he would. I guess he's coached in a super bowl he hasn't won one yeah and and then you know yeah and then won a national championship in in college football i mean he's you know he would be the most desirable candidate that you could really have at the nfl level and so i I, it would be incredible if if that happened then brian kelly goes there lsu has an opening all of a sudden that well that would be a freaking and the transfers that might come out of that and everything that would be a yes a, a serious rock to throw in the old college yeah. football I think, pond I think it's there a, i think it's a reasonable possibility i'm not gonna say it's gonna happen but i think it's i think there's a likely not likely it's it's a scenario that's realistic let's say yeah make make 15 million bucks and deal with this nonsense or make 15 million bucks and coach in the nfl i kind of know which one i would choose probably but whatever i i don't know uh, that's up to Jim Harbaugh. So that's pretty much that as far as football goes. Let's finish off the show here with a little bit of basketball talk. Obviously, where <laughs> I got a little distracted there watching Dalton Connect. He's he's back on board uh, a little bit, um, and he was mesmerizing me. Um, but let's talk uh, about basketball because conference play starts with the very next game. They're, they're playing Norfolk State. They're up by a bunch at the half. But the the next game is Ole Miss. So let's discuss it. But first. Rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory like the one this uh, basketball team is about to have than a great whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Logstill a Distillery has a Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap. It's a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four year and an eight year version of Rattle and Snap. We've had both on this show. They are uh, great in cocktails, great in a glass, neat. You gotta get your hands on a bottle. They're available in stores across the state of Tennessee, but also in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi, so there's no excuse for you to not get your hands on one. Run, don't walk to get some Rattle and Snap whiskey for these Tennessee sports victories, and follow Rattle and Snap on Instagram at Rattle and Snap Whiskey. Hopefully, uh, some folks out there were prepared for the Citrus Bowl victory with some rattle and snap, because I know I was. Uh, now, <clears throat> for basketball, to put a little topper on the show here, as I mentioned, Dalton Connect a, a little bit more on track after really going for, what, three games and just doing next to nothing and, and not even necessarily doing next to nothing at times, hurting the team. 
So that's really nice to see. Up 43 to 18 against at the half against Norfolk State. That one is is uh, as good as over. And so Ole Miss on the horizon. Ole Miss is an interesting team. They're undefeated. And they don't really have any amazing wins. I would say Tennessee's win over Illinois is more impressive than any win that uh, Ole Miss has at the moment. They beat Memphis. That's about their, their claim to fame so far. Um, but they are a good team. And the primary factor with them is Chris Beard. Ole Miss went out there, shamelessly hired Chris Beard. And <laughs> I, hey, the dude took a team to a national championship already. And think whatever you want about what he does off the court. But that's as far as it goes with purely basketball, it was a hire that made sense. And uh, and Ole Miss did it, and it proof's in the pudding. They're undefeated at the moment. They're going to play hard-nosed basketball, and that's what Chris Beard, that's the way that he plays. If you remember his teams at Texas Tech and at Texas, and <clears throat> I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about this game <laughs> because Tennessee's offense, if Connect is not on, if Josiah Jordan-James is not cooking, um, things could go off track pretty quickly um i don't know how how are you feeling going into conference play how are you feeling about this basketball team zach i mean i think they went through that little tough stretch playing some really good teams that i think makes you better those are tough losses of course but with the way the selection committee is set up these days we've seen that those losses don't really hurt you that bad you know, winning a game like this against Ole Miss, those are the types of games that, that you, you've really got to win, though, if you want to have a shot at a number two, maybe even still a number one seed. I, I, you know, I, I think I think they got this stretch here where they can really show that, okay, we got over that hump, we got Dalton Connect healthy, we're kind of settling into who we are, we can go beat really good teams and be elite. If you're going to prove that, you have to beat Ole Miss at home. Like, there's just... It's going to be a tough game, like you said, but I think it's a game that, okay, we're getting into now the meaty part of the season. This is the part of the year that we talked about early in the year where you're working out all the kinks. Those losses don't really hurt you. You're kind of figuring out who you are. If you lose to Ole Miss, it's not like it's a indictment on your season. It's not like, yeah, you know, everything that you're playing for is gone or anything like that. Uh, not even close. But it is the type of game you'd like to see them win because then you can go on a little – little bit of a run, I feel like, because your schedule is pretty – you got Florida – or wait, I'm sorry, looking at uh, the old Miss schedule there. You know, Miss, at Mississippi State, at Georgia, two road games that you should probably win. Then you play Florida and then a huge, huge showdown against Alabama. You can really kind of make a name for yourself through this stretch of games, it feels like, nationally. Yes. I My prediction after that kind of tough stretch, you lost three in a row and it – Against all, you know, top five teams, yeah. but um, it was a little discouraging, but I still said, you know, I think this is a team that's going to lose eight games, maybe in the regular season, end up at like a three seed. I still feel this way, though. I, I think that's how the, the season will play out, starting with conference play, five-ish losses in conference play, something like that, maybe maybe six, maybe four. Um, and... The, the real factor is that I think the top end ability of this team and the way that they can that they can play offense lends them to making a run in March. 
you got to be playing right at the right time, though. Because I, I think they, they put it together. They're more than good enough to win the SEC championship again to, to go to a Final Four. They have all the talent to go to a Final Four. They've had all the talent to go to a Final Four with Rick Barnes at the helm. I mean, those Grant Williams teams were more than good enough. They, they lost to a, a mid-major. And you lost to a mid-major last year with a team that was good enough to go to a Final Four. We know they've had that talent before. But I do look at the way that Connect can play when he is cooking. You know, he plays the way that he played at North Carolina. You'll beat any team. Um, and it just so happened that Tennessee <laughs> it's lost. Played as bad as they possibly could that night. They only lost by eight. <laughs> yes. like the way they fought yeah. back, because that game looked like it was done at halftime. Yes, and and you know, Connect went for almost forty in that one, and and so at the upper end of their ability, Zakai Ziegler can cook, and and you know you, you still have Vescovi, Triple J, all of these dudes, and when it all gets put together, it's all there. If it all gets put together against Ole Miss, you're gonna blow Ole Miss off the floor. I I think that you're the the ultimate version of this team's ability won't lose to any SEC team. I, I think they're probably the best team in the SEC playing at their absolute best, but they go through these stretches where they just, I mean, like we said with Connect, he went three games with not only doing nearly nothing, but playing poorly. And you go through these big stretches without scoring and just, it can be absolutely brutal. So what's happened always with Rick Barnes. And, and can this be the team? That, that finally breaks that mold and brings it all together. What I've been hoping is that over the course of the season, Zakai Ziegler rounds back into his his final form. Scovey fully gets his head screwed on straight because he he started off the season really shaky and he's kind of progressively been getting better. Connect stays good. Connect, I mean, he's he's doing well tonight, and and hopefully he stays at that level. Adu. Toby Iwaka. Toby Iwaka's had some really great rebounding nights. You, you got to do that every, you know, nearly every night. You can't do it every single night. I mean, basketball is not, not that easy. But you can do it a lot of those nights. And and this is a SEC championship winning team. But we'll we'll see. I think they beat Ole Miss. I, I do think that they beat Ole Miss, that they Ole Miss is gonna want to come in and play physical like like Chris Beard, but Tennessee is too. I mean, Tennessee had the entire you know town of durham north carolina whining oh tennessee assaulted us in the ncaa tournament oh my gosh can you believe the way they pushed around our boys oh i mean you know tennessee wants to play physical and so i think they can match that especially at home if this was in oxford i probably would predict a loss for tennessee but it's not and so yeah i I do think that tennessee will pull that one out and and go on to what should be a good SEC season. Don't let me down, boys. I I believe in you. Please. Um, I think that's it, though. I think that's a show. We're at an hour hour three. Anything else for the good folks at home, Zach? Yeah, we'll see how uh, see how the the portal madness here winds up over these last couple of days. If Tennessee has any surprise entries into the portal, it wouldn't shock me if another player or two does enter the portal. But we'll see. I I think it probably will happen, but hopefully Tennessee gets some players out. Maybe that guy from LSU. Maybe. And if they do, we'll talk about it on next week's show. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Thanks again to everybody for watching. 
Uh, we seriously, we appreciate it. Even, even this, uh, the Georgia fan distinguished gentleman, he tunes in kind of frequently for some reason. He's like, he's like Lou man for some reason, a Vanderbilt fan that watches our show. Uh, but even to the Georgia fans, we thank you, Billy, Bob, Brandon, Alicia, Donnie, Colby, Troy, Michael, uh, Elias, uh, Jeff, everybody, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for watching Shelby. Yeah, we had a lot of people uh, comment tonight, Ben. Thank you. Seriously, we couldn't do it without you. means the world. Uh, you are literally the reason that we are able to do this show. So, appreciate it once again. Uh, that's pretty much it. And we will talk to you all next week. See you guys later.